It's okay. You can be. It's okay. You can be excited. Emotions are allowed in church. Emotions are allowed in the presence of God. Nitro kids, what's up? Hey, how much do you love Jesus? Oh, you love Jesus. How much do you love him? Can you show me? Like, you're like, how much? That's awesome. Let's ask everybody else. Should we ask them? On the count of three, let's say, how much do you love Jesus? Okay, one, two, three. How much do you love Jesus? Okay, let's see. Whoa, they clapped, shouted, and screamed. You think you can do better than them? You think you can be louder? Oh, yeah, I think you can. You can. Let's see it. You ready? I don't know. You can stand up if you want. You can sit down. Let's see if you can be louder than the older people. Sound good? All right. The more mature people. Let's ask them how much the kids love Jesus on three, okay? One, two, three. How much do you love Jesus? Hey, can you, can you see if you can get all the other kids to just shout and scream how much they love Jesus? Really excited. Let's see. Go ahead. See if you can get, get them all to be excited. Go ahead. Help them out. Get them to start screaming and clapping and jumping. Who's going to help him? Hey, who's going to help him? Who's going to who's gonna get everybody else excited? Who's going to help him? Who's going to help? Who's going to? Who's, but you guys, are, you guys are being quiet. Who's going to start clapping? Who will help other people clap? Who's going to start clapping and jumping? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. There you go. All right, let me have you all come up to the front right here real quick. So I have the privilege of being a part of leading Nitro Kids. Awesome. Chase and Sophia and Johnny are the team today. Give Chase and Sophia a hand and Johnny in the back. I wanted my favorite children to come out here because... Because the world needs hope. Because you guys need to grow up with hope. And you guys need moms and dads and grandparents and funny, older-looking people like me to show you that there's hope. You guys need to know that there's hope. Raise your hand if you've heard bad things happen around the world. Raise your hand if you've heard, like, you see friends and people at school, and they're just like, they say bad words. They're talking about naughty things. And, you, and you, it's just, it's sad. Raise your hand if that makes you feel kind of sad. Raise your hand if you, you would like to help people be happier. You know, it's... These kids are looking to us. 
they're looking to see what does it mean to love Jesus? What does it look like? What does it look like to do church? What does it look like in worship? What does it look like? It doesn't mean it doesn't mean we perform for them. But the, the, they see all kinds of fun things. They hear all kinds of cool music and cool movies. And maybe they're not so sure how cool Jesus is if it's more fun than other things. How much do you all love Jesus? Not your kids, how much do you love Jesus? I want you to break all of our eardrums. On the count of three, we've done this before. Maybe we've gotten in trouble, I don't know. But on the count of three, I want you to jump, yell, scream as loud as you can the name Jesus. You ready? Who's ready to break eardrums? Do you know what eardrums are? Eardrums are in here. And I don't know everything about them, but it hurts when they're broken. Okay. You know, I'm going to actually believe right now, when you guys scream and yell the name of Jesus, people with ear problems, people that can't hear, or they have pain, or they have hearing aids, right when you yell Jesus, their eardrums, if they get broken, it's because they're going to get restored. And they're going to be able to hear fully. How many of you want people to get healed in their ears when you yell Jesus. You ready? Okay. Going to stretch? You ready? Here we go. Who's got a really loud voice like you know how to yell and scream? Who's been waiting to be able to yell and scream? All right, here we go. All right, you ready? On three. One. Two. You're going to have to move that coat. It's going to be hard. You ready? On three. You ready? I'm going to say it in a second. Three! Yes! Um, Did anybody feel a touch on their ears? Has anybody had ear issues and you felt a touch? Raise your hand. That's a good way to see. Yeah. Still ringing. Well, come on up. Come on up, my man. Yeah. Anybody else? Anybody else? Still ringing. What do you mean? Uh, Was it awing before? No. Okay. I wasn't sure. Yeah, okay. Okay. Was there an issue with your ear before? Or? Uh, yeah, lot, uh, lots of years with concrete and the whirling of the drum and stuff that, uh, and lots of yelling. Uh, my hearing has been like suppressed. Okay. Um, so how is it compared to before? Do you, I mean, Clear. compared to? Well, com- com- compared to uh, <laughs> the, the, the ringing was resounding. Okay. So. What are you saying that happened? <laughs> it opened up and got louder. So, Nitro Kids. Nitro Kids! Listen. Listen. Did you guys just see what happened to him? You guys yelled Jesus, and what happened? His ears got healed? 
Who did that? Jesus did through you, huh? Because you get to do it with him. Yeah. Okay, can you all extend your hands out to the younger generation? I know we have some in other classrooms, so if your kid is in there, don't feel like they're missing out. I just know I can only do a spur of the moment with them and still be loved. All right, let's extend a hand out to them. Not your kids. Let's put our hand out like we're receiving a gift. And can you just for just a minute, just start releasing, prophesying, declaring over this young generation. They need hope. They need hope. Come on, lift up your voices. Let them hear. Let them hear the hope. Even if you got you got to say something loud so they can actually hear what you're saying. Just release it right now. Words, things. Yes, God. God, this is this is this is the hope of the world, God. These are the lights, the little lights of the world, God. But the thing is, if you're the light of the world and you're not a little light or a big light, you're just a light, it's the same amount, it's the same measure, it's the same brightness within them. God, thank you, Jesus, that you shine in these young ones, that these young ones have you as their light source. They have you as the one who brings light, Father. Thank you, God, that darkness leaves them. Darkness leaves their home. They're able to, they're able to tell darkness to leave their house. These are kids who are not afraid at night, but these are kids who the night is afraid of them, God. God, these are kids that they go to their schools. They're not afraid of their schools or other friends or bullies because everybody's afraid of them because they know God is on their side. Thank you, God. Thank you for these young ones, God. These young ones that get revival right now, that they are revived ones, ones who are revived, renewed. Church, can we give a big shout and congratulations to them? Yeah. Nitro kids, you guys are so amazing and all these people love you so much. If you need a if you need a hug, just find one of us. Maybe with your parent might be a good idea. But we would love to hug you. We love you guys so much. Yeah. Well, go have fun with Chase Sophia. Thanks for coming to be with us. Yeah. I realized I probably shouldn't have wiped my snot with my hand in front of people. <laughs> Good thing my mom's not here. Um, so, yeah, we went to Azusa now, and it was great. And he kind of explained a little bit about it. Um, and we saw, yeah, we saw amazing things. I remember before we went to this big um, prayer worship gathering um, contending for heaven and, and revival. Um, I remember the Lord saying, you are going there not to get something you don't have. And he said, you're going there to see what you have. And I was like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Even though maybe I've forgotten that. And so it's, it's easy for us to go look for something, you know, I'm going to go to that church because... <laughs> I want what, what, what they have, and I only can get it there. And, I mean, there is a, a beauty of being called to a certain church, and that's not what I'm arguing against. I'm called to this house. And um, I just want to honor Papa, Mama. I, lo- I love the wolf so much. And the fact that, you know, they... They let me come up here and partner with them. I came here five or six years ago, 
And I grew up in the church. And I found my purpose and destiny here. I didn't come here to be a pastor, get something. I just I just came here because my mom was going here and I wanted to figure out why and make sure everything's legit. Uh, I was like, I never heard of that place. <laughs> and when I and then when I came here, I just God knit my heart and um they're amazing. They believe in us. Maybe too much. They believe in us so much. They believe in you. If you're part of this church or you're new with us, these are a mama and a dada who believe in us, who believe in you. Let's extend our hands out to them. Papa, Mama, Wolf, go ahead and stand up real quick. Father, we just bless, we bless them. I remember one morning in prayer, Father showed me a picture over Pastor Dwayne and pretty much what it was, what, what the, the symbol was is that the ending of ministry is not coming. The desires that have not yet been fulfilled are going to be fulfilled. That there is actually more. They are not stopping. They are not preparing for an end. There is more. The end is too far to even see. They just know there's more. It's almost like a new start line. There is more. And they just keep running and going. So we just call their dreams and destinies to be fulfilled, God. The promises that you've spoken to them, God, it's your word. They're going to come true. They're going to come to pass. Thank you, Father. You're their provider. Amen. You can give them a big hand and shout. Yeah. I'm going to bring Nick up here real quick. This is Nick. He's one of our youth and tribe, a.k.a. one of my cousins as well. Yeah. That's why he looks so good. It's not even by blood. It's amazing. Um, Can you just share uh, just what happened with you and me in worship and such? This morning? Yep. Um, This morning, uh, like, I was just standing around. I was just standing around um, just listening to the worship, and then I saw Chris start. He bowed down on the ground, and it kind of, like, when I was standing there, I felt like a different, like, he always talks about atmosphere. I kind of felt a different atmosphere change. Like, my body kind of, I felt like a chill go through my body. And then um, when he was, when Pastor Dwayne was done speaking after that, and there, everyone was praying, he prayed for me, and then I felt like a, like, he just prayed for me out of nowhere, and he started praying for me, and the words he was saying, like, matched everything I needed to hear, and I was just kind of crazy, like, and uh, it kind of changed my perspective on God, like, I kind of fell off a little bit, but now, but now I'm, now I'm, like, I'm back, you know, just back. (laughs) What's it, what did you, what did we pray for? What did you do? Um, just to start to give my life to God again, just fully, not, not any side roads, not anything 
just pursue him 100%? He gave his life to Jesus. Yeah. And then after that, huh? what do we pray for? What do we do after that? So what did, what did uh, we get filled with? Oh, the Holy Spirit. We just pray. And hey, I could say that right now I'm not, even, like, I'm not even nervous to be up here. <laughs> awesome. He got, he, got, he got free of shame and guilt. Not letting that define him. Yeah. Um, if, hey, if, if you're sensing or feeling any shame and guilt, go ahead, go ahead and, uh, hey, let's stand up real quick. Go ahead and stand up. If you've got any sense of like, oh, the shame and guilt of just identity and almost feeling like there's something holding you back, almost you're like, you just feel the enemy trying to identify you, trying to say you're not worthy, you're not a son, you're not a daughter. Um, if, if, you, if you want to get free of that shame and guilt that he just got free of, go ahead and stand up. And then if somebody's a... Well, I guess most of you are around each other, but uh, I was going to say, man, you all, f- no, stand if you feel shame and guilt. You all feel shame and guilt? Now, if you don't feel shame and guilt, you got to sit down. No, yeah. But if you want to be free from shame and guilt, go and stand up, st- stay standing if that's you. And um, if, if you're shame-free, guilt-free, go and lay your hand around them. Um, I know sometimes it's a constant process. Just lay your hands on each other real quick. Lay your hands on each other, Okay. First off, thank you. There's no shame and guilt in letting people know you're dealing with shame and guilt. There's no shame in admitting you feel shame. Father, thank you that our identity is in you, Jesus. Thank you we're not defined by what we've done because the past is past you. You said you chose to forget. And so that's why you look at us and you don't see our sin. You see you. You see you see white, clean righteousness. You say, you say, confess with your mouth that you are Lord and will be saved. And we receive this life that you have for us. Everybody say, I'm free. And then go ahead and say, you're free. I'm free. And then tell them they're free by saying, you, you are free. You guys are free. Go and extend your hands out to them. Just say, I release freedom. I release freedom on everybody in here. Say you're defined by Jesus. You're defined by Jesus. Stay that way. Stay that way. <laughs> Amen. Come on. I love you. Yeah. Yep. Watch my time. Cool. Um, so we're talking about hope. Hope. Talking about hope. Uh, as we were flat, as we were landing, it was a bad idea to have somebody who just went to what they went to and then come and preach. So not, not because we got three or four hours of sleep, <laughs> oh man, but because I'm very distracted in my spirit. So with Jesus, so 7am to 10.30pm yesterday, over a hundred thousand people. You couldn't leave because you couldn't get back in. Like for real. So we were we were landing in Seattle, um, and uh, Pastor Dwayne and I were just talking about revival and Fife and our and our excitement and and as he was speaking to me, 
like the Holy Spirit was speaking to me at the same time. That's probably why I kept looking out the window and like listening to you because he was showing me something out the window. And, um, and I saw, we saw the mountains, whatever they were. We saw, the, I mean, they were mountains. I don't know what they're called. But we saw mountains and there were clouds. Mountains were above the clouds. And you, you know, when you're airplane, if you've been in one or you've seen it on a movie, you're above the clouds you're still above the clouds, and then all of a sudden you're like in the clouds, you can't see anything, and then you're beneath the clouds, and then you see the city and the beautiful trees, and then, you know, you land and the wheels do their thing, and then you're not flying anymore, you're, you know, you're driving pretty much. And I heard, I heard the Lord uh, just say to me that, you know, being above the clouds is great, being in his presence is great, but if we stay up there, and we don't bring ourselves down with it, that it's hard to see. It's almost as if the clouds are covering what's going, going on in earth and for us to be able to relate. It's almost like from flying to driving, there's a strategy and a maneuvering that God wants us to enter into from his presence, from intimacy praying, that we also need to be on the earth. Does that make sense? And so it's easy for us to just stay, you know, in prayer and like, yes, you know, and just doing that thing. And, um, and then that's it. And nobody knows about it or why we do it. You know, but there's uh, the Reinhard Bunke's spiritual son. What was his name? Daniel. So he, he said uh, revelation requires participation. And so revelation, hearing, receiving something from God, God showing you, helping make sense of something in his ways. So you get that. And you're like, oh, thanks, Jesus. That was great. And you don't do anything about it. Forget it. Revelation requires participation. And man, as I, this whole weekend, I got ministered hope to myself. Uh, Jesus just like ministered hope, 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 hope. I don't know if I've ever had so much hope for America after seeing over 100,000 people engage. Uh, they did uh, tons of reconciliation. Um, they, they brought um, the Native Americans and they were the, as uh, Lou Engle, as uh, representative of the Anglos, he apologized for how we treated them. Native Americans apologized. There was reconciliation. Anglos with uh, Hispanics, they reconciled the way we've been treating each other. Um, um, and then African Americans came up, and they asked for forgiveness of how they've been treating Anglos and Anglos uh, apologizing. There's just all this reconciliation. And, and a Catholic priest, uh, uh, or uh, not a priest, but he was uh, something important in that, in that thing. And so, and so he, he, he went down and kissed Lou's feet as a symbol of unity. And... Um, just denominations, everything. And when we're around that, engaged in that, when we participate with revelation and make that happen, then we're able to see and experience hope. If, I, if I'm just in front of that box with all the lights telling me what's happening in the world, they're only telling me what they see. You know, but we live by, we live by faith, not by sight. And so what we see doesn't necessarily mean that's where we're heading. But faith, faith is, is putting aside our eyes and closing them and letting God show us. There's so much hope for America, I promise you. America has revival right now. We have revival right now. There's one thing, there's one thing that Pastor Dwayne and I accept and see is that, like I said, we went there not receiving something we didn't have, but seeing what we already do have. 
And I mean, the word revival can easily be a, you know, a buzzword and something distant. And even, you know, if you're a new believer or if you're not um, a believer at the moment, you'll be able to in a second. But it's easy for you to hear revival and be like, okay, yeah. But it's, revival is people being revived. And so hope, we hope for something specific. Hope, uh, I love that, uh, where is it? Expectation, expectancy. Expect, I mean, it's kind of, we need a C in there because you're missing Christ. So expect and C. But yeah, so Christ with the C will fill in the E-T, right? So expectancy. Um, the word hope, the word hope, one of the Greek meanings is expectancy. So hope means expecting something. So when somebody says, oh, I, I sure... I sure hope I win those four Disneyland tickets because I retweeted and reposted and, and, you know, along with the other billions of people, you know. Hope is like, you know, but that's not expecting it. It's like wishing. It's like wondering. And so faith, we talked about faith last week, and faith is the assurance of things hoped for. So faith, not using your eyes because we live by faith, not by sight. So choosing because here's the thing, we give our hearts to Jesus without even being at that place where he died. I mean, how many of you were there and like recorded the moment when Jesus was getting battered and he was on the cross? I wasn't there. But yet, it happened, and I know that. That's operating out of faith. So salvation, receiving salvation is operating out of faith. Do you know what your hope is? Your hope is salvation. Our hope is salvation. Our hope is being saved. I love, I love this, this past week or two got reminded that salvation... And Todd White was talking about the salvation is not just a word, not just a concept. Not, I mean, I remember he, he was asking one person if you want to be saved, and the guy's like, saved from what? It's like, to be saved, we've got to be saved from something. And so as I was praying with Nick, Nick realized he's saved. I mean, he was naming out specific things that he no longer wants to do or be a part of because he recognizes he's saved from those because sin deserves death. And so when, when I'm participating, it's crazy is, you know, it's easy for us as Christians too, to receive the life of Jesus. But the thing is, we just think the life of Jesus is like a token, a one-time token deal. And even if you don't think this way, some, we, we, some of us are actually living this way and I've done it. A token of like, okay, I'm excited when I die. It's going to be good. But it's like salvation, receiving Jesus it's a lifestyle. It's a thing that we do. And so if Jesus is the hope of the world, he's the light of the world. He's asking us to shine on the world. He's asking us to bring hope. But yet all we're doing is just waiting for him to come back. Who's bringing hope? Who's displaying hope? I promise you, many of this is from the Bible. I'll give you a verse so you're sure. But before I do that, Something I shared with my tribe youth um, that kind of inspired this paint the town thing. Um, there's a history in tale in 1837, April 6th. Henry Beresford, I don't know, it works. Third Marquis of Waterford, you know. And his fox hunting friends, they arrived in Melton Mowbray at the Thorpe End tailgate. Toilgate, whatever. So pretty much... There's these Englishmen that got crazy titles and names and they're part of something. And they were drunk. This tale says they were drunk. And they went to the toll gate. And the toll keeper wanted to collect their tolls. 
And you know, how many of you know when you're drunk or intoxicated, it's easy um, to uh, do stupid things. It's really hard to control yourself. So that's why we got we to gotta let something else have control of us, right? And so they, they saw a bucket of red paint, some paintbrushes, because they were redoing the, redoing the uh, gate. And uh, with their drunk selves, they had a genius idea to take that paint and the brush and just paint the gate red. And they also attacked the toll keeper by painting him red. And then they took the paint and the brushes, and they bombarded through the city, broke windows, painted doors, painted walls red. They just, I mean, that was the one color was there, and they just went at it. They made a ruckus. It was a wild night, baby. And when I, when I saw this, and just spurring this paint the town thing, I just, I just heard the Holy Spirit. I just felt this inclination of like, why don't we paint the town as ones intoxicated with Jesus? What, like in a different way. Like Christians are meant to make ruckus. You know, turn the world upside down. That's what Jesus did. As Pastor Joanne and I were talking on the plane, I realized, my goodness, what we call revival, someone who operates and moves with an outpouring of God because of their intimacy and their hunger, hunger for him, revival happened all the time. Everywhere Jesus went, he did revival. Everywhere. People got healed, saved, delivered. Everywhere. So when we use the word revival, it's really hungry ones being hungry and responding. You know, um, yesterday, we didn't have dinner when you usually do. And I was waiting for Sterling to say, I'm hungry, I'm going to die. Because that's what he says when he's hungry. And, and six o'clock goes by. I'm like, he's probably going to say it soon. Seven o'clock, eight o'clock. I'm like, he's not saying it. How are we going to eat dinner? I'm like, wait. it's like, I'm fine. I could deal with it, but I want him to say it. So we'll go eat dinner. Nine o'clock and we're about to leave. I'm like, what is going on? So, you know, revival was happening because Sterling was hungry for Jesus. It was so good. More than food, more than food, more than stadium overpriced food. And so what, and then <laughs> the Holy Spirit was saying, and it was fun. When I say the Holy Spirit was saying, it's like you get to talk to God all the time. He constantly talks to you. You just choose to engage. If you think God doesn't talk to you, it's because you're not spending enough time talking to him or listening. Like, for example, if, I, if I've been in the church for a while and I'm like, pastor never talks to me. Well, when have you gone up to talk to him? It's the same thing. It's the same thing. That was kind of mean, but it was good. That was really good. Whew. <laughs> Um, wow. <laughs> All right. But it's through love, through love. But I was saying the Holy Spirit said something, right? Oh, yeah. And so he said, don't dictate your hunger for me based upon somebody else's hunger. And so if you're hanging around people, you know, and you really want to eat food, and they're like your close friends, and you really want to go get something, but they don't want to get anything, most of us won't be like, I mean, maybe you do this, that's fine. But most of, most of us won't be like, oh, no, I guess, I guess I'll wait. I won't get anything to eat if you, I mean, if you guys aren't going to eat. I mean, that's fine. Even though I'm about to pass out and die. But I'll just, yeah, if you don't want to eat, then I don't want to eat. It's like the same thing, spiritually. So, you know, some of us, you know, we can sit in these rows and be like, well, you know, they're not really shouting. I'm not going to shout. You know, I'm not saying shouting is a requirement, but it's a display of expression of hunger, you know. 
like Sterling's moaning of hunger, you know, it's the same thing. So, so don't, we don't need to let, because here's the thing, if we let our hunger be dictated by other people, then hungry people aren't going after God, and when hungry people are going after God, they get fed by him, and they get filled with the hope of the world, and that's Jesus. And so, if, pretty much what we do is we let other people dictate our display of hope, or our reception of hope. Jesus called hope of Israel. Hope, wait, hope of a nation, hope of the Gentiles. So he's, he's, Jesus called our hope. So hope isn't a concept, it's a person. And so if I'm engaging with Jesus, I'm engaging with hope, and so I have hope, but I'm understanding who hope is. Luke 7, I got to close in a minute. How dare you send me to that thing yesterday and ask me to preach? <laughs> Luke 7, and stuff in that chapter, there's things going on. You study at home because you'll be hungry for Jesus and hungry for the word. Because I tell, I tell my young people, if you're bored of the word, you know how you enjoy it? You keep reading it until you're not bored. If you don't hear God, you keep praying until you do. So chapter 7 um, talks about there's a centurion, okay, a Roman soldier dude who's got a lot of power, and he sent some of his guys because he's, command, he's in command of a lot of people. He can tell people what to do because of his power. He tells guys, go to Jesus, tell him my servant is sick and he's dying. So they tell him that, and uh, Jesus was going to go to his place, and, and then the guy's like, no, 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 tell him. We don't, we don't even need him to come here. I just know if you just say the word, he'll be healed, you know, faith comes by hearing the word, right? And so right now you're being filled with faith. And then since you're being filled with faith, you're able to see, because hope is a reality. It's a thing you get to live in. And so as you are filled with faith and you're operating out of faith by hearing the word, then you're able to see that hope is a reality because we, everybody hopes to have purpose. Everybody hopes to have a destiny. Everybody hopes to be in heaven one day. Everybody hopes to be close to God, whoever he is, and whatever path there is to get to him. Everybody hopes for that, but it's a reality. So we get to live that reality by seeing and believing and receiving him. So if we're not, filled, if we're not faith-filled, if we're not operating in faith, it's hard for us to display hope. So this centurion says, just your word. You know what's interesting? The centurion had a lot of influence, but I want to tell you, don't let your influence in the natural keep you from your influence in the supernatural, okay? Whether you have a lot or whether you don't have very much. And then uh, you see a story a little bit later after that. Uh, Jesus after that, and that, that, that servant of his gets healed, then there's a young man who's dead, and they're like getting him ready for doing the thing that you do for dead people, mourning, funerals. And Jesus walks by, feels compassion over the mom. He goes to the boy who's completely dead and says, arise. And uh, you know, it's easy for us as Christians to have Jesus but we still feel low. And we've, we know we have a higher calling, but yet we feel way beneath it. And I just feel God wants, specifically over our church, he wants us to wake up. He, he wants us to arise. He wants Christians to arise. And so um, I'll, invite, I'll invite somebody who does the music, whoever, no volunteers, but, you know, people that already got it. If you want to, here's the thing. 
If you want hope, if you want the reality of hope, you want to live in hope, I want to ask, if you want to give your heart to Jesus, if you want to choose him to be your everything, let's all stand. What I like to say is we may be wrapping up the moment, but while I'm doing that, I don't want you to check out. I want you to be wrapped in the moment, okay? So if you want to give your heart to Jesus, if you want the hope inside of you, the destiny and the purpose that you have, go ahead and just lift your hand and say, you know what? I want the hope. I want Jesus. If you want Jesus, go and lift your hand. If you want to give your life to Jesus, if you want the hope of the world inside of you, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask something bold because it doesn't really matter because there's no shame. And you give your life to Jesus, shame leaves. So let it leave right now. So if you're giving your life to Jesus, come up really quick. I need you to come really fast. Come on up to the front real quick. Okay, I'm going to have other, other people join you for something. So if you want to give your life to Jesus, come up front real quick, real fast. So if your hand is raising, move your feet this way. Here we go. Come, 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 come. Awesome. Okay. All right. Great, 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 great. All right. So go ahead. Go ahead and repeat. Go ahead and repeat after me. Go ahead and repeat after me. Just put your hands in the air. Church, engage with me. And then you Christian, grown-up church people, Jesus has something for you. People front here say, Jesus, I give you my life. I need hope. And hope is a person. And it's in you. I'm no longer hopeless, but I'm hopeful. And so I'm full of hope. So I don't lack it. You paid for me. You paid for me as a sinner. And I'm clean. I'm righteous in your eyes. Say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Because I don't just want you. I know you want me. Fill me right now. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, fill your people. Fill your people. Holy Spirit, fill your people up front. Holy Spirit, fill the people in the seats that have not been filled. We just release a baptism of the Holy Spirit right now. You know, Did you know the baptism of the Holy Spirit also is a constant thing? It constantly happened. It wasn't just the Acts 2 moment. There was constant fresh fire, fresh baptism. God, we release fresh baptism, God. God, from your church, people. From your church, people. Fresh baptism on your church, people, God. God, our butts are getting sore sitting so much, Father. God, wake us up, Father. We want to be Christians who rise up, God. Ones who believe. Ones who have purpose. Okay, okay, the, the ones who've been Christians and grown up in the church, no matter what age. You've been a Christian, but you've been living hopeless. You've believed in hope, but you haven't been living in it. You no longer want to be a hopeless Christian. There's too many hopeless Christians. And you know why it's easy to be hopeless? It's because you've let, you've let bondages, addictions, Stay a hold of you. Here's the thing. Jesus comes to the jail cell. He opens the door and he says, come on out. Let's go. And it's as if you're staying in that jail cell and you're saying, Jesus, can we just hang out in here? Let's just hang out in the jail cell. Jesus doesn't hang out in jail cells. He doesn't have time for that. He's calling you to live out of the jail cell. So Christians who want to be free from shame and guilt, Here's the thing, righteousness is what you're called to. I've finally been in a beautiful streak of living righteous. And when the moment I realized I was living righteous, I didn't know what to do because it was new to me. I'm like, oh my God, I feel light. 
I feel no burden. Christian, if you've been living, if you've been letting sin define you, and you've been living a life of sin, but you're not called to that because you're called to life of life, go and come up to the front real quick as a response. Oh, Christian, churchgoer, come up to the front. Come up to the front. If you want to be a hope-filled Christian, there's too many Christians that are hopeless. It's time to be a hope-filled Christian. If you're up here as a response, there's prayer partners behind you. Go and turn around. They're going to pray over you. They're going to bless you. Church, just stay engaged. Just stay engaged. Don't leave yet. Stay hungry for another minute. Yes, God, fresh fire, fresh baptism, Father. God, let us experience hope. The reality of hope, God. You don't experience hope with your mind. You experience it with your heart. Don't conceptualize hope. Encounter the person, hope Jesus, with your heart.